You know, I did a little short study uh, recently on Jeff Bezos. How many of you have heard of Jeff? He he has that little tiny company called Amazon. Any of you ever? It's a tiny little company. That dear brother is worth, uh, this morning I checked, he's worth $108 billion, with a B dollars himself. They say there is absolutely no way he could personally spend that amount of money. He's 55 in the remainder of his life if he spent millions every day. And here's the reason why. In one month recently, he made six and a half billion dollars in one month. That ain't bad for one month. How many of you believe he can live on that? You believe he can live on that? Bless his heart. A hundred billion dollars. One of those guys. And then you got Bill Gates worth 80 billion. He got married. He just, he just uh, bought an island and he, he just had his wedding on an island. Just like, oh well. And, and you know, we're living in a time where you have people, and I mentioned Jeff Bezos, his net worth is more than 146 countries in the world out of 211. He's worth more money than 146 countries. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I want to, I'm asking God, see, we're living in a new generation. We're living in a generation where people with 80 billion, 60, Zuckerberg with Facebook, 65 billion he's worth. All these people, he's in his 30s. What's going on? What, what, what is God saying? What is God doing? What's happening? And I'm, I'm going to just transfer that over to the kingdom of God because nothing happens in the natural world that is not also happening in the spiritual world. Isn't that right? Can I have an amen? amen. So a verse came to me and I want to read it from 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health. Somewhere I think I have that verse. Maybe, maybe not. Just as your soul prospers. I pray that in all respects you may prosper. That's financially. And be in good health. That's physically. Even as your soul prospers. That's emotionally. Now, let me break that down just for a minute, because I'm praying for 2020 is about three months away. We could call it the 2020 vision of this church. Come on, say amen. 2020 vision. The clarity is when every member of the church, number one, has financial prosperity. I wish that you may prosper and I want to ask you a question. How many of you are believing for greater prosperity in 2020? Come on, right. Amen. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I used to think that God, you know, God doesn't want us to have what we need. Well, he not only wants us to have what we need, he wants us to have what we desire. Because the Bible says that delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. You say, well, I sure would love to have a car. Okay, wonderful. Well, the car you're driving may be okay, but if you have a desire for a new car or for something like that, you just tell the Lord and just watch what happens because God wants to be an abundance in our life. And then the second thing is health. He says that you may be in health. I'm believing in 2020 for you 
to have abundant energy in 2020. Come on, that you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. And I, and I mean, if you just stuff your face with chocolate cake all day and you never run except to the refrigerator, I can't tell you you're going to have abundant energy. But if you'll be a good steward of your health, and I, I try to run six days a week, not run. If you see me running, you need to come help me. Somebody's chasing me. But I walk fast. Six days a week, two miles. And I've been doing that three and a half years. And I just this energy that I feel. So I, I mean, I preach 12 times some weeks. No problem. No problem. And I'm 66 years old. Just made. By the way, 66 is the new 40. Did you know that? <laughs> and I don't really care about getting my muscles big. You know, that all those days are gone. You guys work on that all you want to. I just want energy. Come on. How many of you want some energy in your physical body? That's right. Energy. And then the third area of prosperity is peace. He said, as your soul prospers, this is emotional well-being. You know, one of the saddest things I've heard of is people that are billionaires that commit suicide. They leave all that behind. They don't care. Money cannot buy you emotional well-being. It cannot give you peace in your mind or in your emotions or Here's another one. It cannot give you purpose. Money cannot give you purpose. We were talking on the way to the service about some of these guys that are uh, NBA stars. I'm thinking of Anthony Davis. If you know the NBA, he left New Orleans taking less money, moves to Los Angeles to play with LeBron James. They said, why are you leaving all that money behind? He said, I don't care about money anymore. I want to win a championship. He wants to come, he wants to see some dirt fly. He wants to see, uh, make a difference in his world and money does not matter as much as purpose to him now. Wow. So I wish that 2020 was your year of abundance. If I could just prophesy that over you and over the walls of this church and and over the ground and every blade of grass outside there. 2020 is a year of abundance for all of you in Jesus' name. And I got a good scripture for it. I'm talking about financial abundance, that your needs be supplied. I'm talking about physical abundance, that you have energy in your physical body, that you can move if you need to, and then peace in your soul, in your mind, your emotions and will. And then it says, as your soul prospers, and you know there's three parts to the soul. The mind, the emotion, and the will. Three parts to the soul. So in my mind, if you have prosperity of the soul, the first thing it is, in your emotions, you should have joyful passion. Joyful passion. You know, they say that when a person becomes demon, demonized, demon-oppressed, their personality becomes suppressed and they have no joy, no excitement about life. Depression, so many Americans are now on antidepressants because they have no joyful passion about life. They don't wake up like Fred Flintstone on the Flintstones every day when the, they sounded the horn. He'd say, what would he say? He'd say, yabba dabba do." They don't do that. 
They have no yabba-dabba-doo. They have no spizzerinctum, somebody called it. It's no joy. It's no zest for life. It's, it's no hallelujah for the Lord my God reigns today. That joyful passion is a part of the prosperity of your emotions. And then your mind is a sufficiency mentality. Because up here are where all your limiting beliefs are. And I'm going to talk to you now. Because if you were raised in poverty, you were raised where there was not enough money, you were raised where you had no shoes, you had no car, you had all of that, a mentality develops that's a limiting belief in your mind. I will never have anything. I will never get anything. I will never be anything. And that becomes your identity. Can I tell you in 2020, we're going to change your identity. Whatever you made this year, I want you to time two and think that way next year. Say time two. Just think that way. Well, I don't know now, brother. You know, I work for this company and they can't pay me any more than that. Well, who said that's the only place you can work? And who says that that's the only position you can be in? And who says, but if you limit yourself with your mentality, I promise you, you'll stay exactly where you are. You need a sufficiency mentality. And the third part of the soul prosperity is the will. The emotions, I've got joy. The mind, I've got sufficiency. And the will says, I've got purpose. I'm going to make a difference with my life. You know, one of these days, they're going to bury all of us and put a little headstone. And every few months, somebody's going to come out there and look at it. And it's going to be those two days you were born and died. And that little dash in between. You're living in that dash right now. That's where you are. And then that's it. That's it. Somebody will look at a picture of you every now and then. But that's it. You've got one life. You've got one chance to change the world. And I'm planning on changing my world. Can you say amen? I mean, the least you can do is change your block. That you live on or the school you go to or the place where you work. So if you have those three things, passion for joy in your emotions, sufficiency in your mind and a purpose in your will. Now we can call that a prosperous life. Let me put it all together in a definition. Here's how I would define prosperity. Prosperity is a joyful passion a sufficiency mentality, and a lifetime purpose. Boy, you put those three things together, you got a mighty, mighty engine inside your life that cannot be stopped. Okay, let me go, first of all, to joyful passion. I'm going to break these three things down for you. I'm going to start with joy, I'm going to move to sufficiency, and I'm going to come to purpose. Come on, say these out loud. Say joy, Joy. sufficiency, and purpose. That's what prosperity is. Say it again. Joy, sufficiency, and purpose. So you're going to get those three things. And that's what a prosperous soul is. It's not an amount of money. Because guys that have a billion dollars want to have two. Want to have five. They can't know where to stop. They have no sense of sufficiency. In fact, a lot of guys that are worth billions of dollars cannot even eat regular food. I knew one man like this, multimillionaire. He could not eat anything but crackers and cheese. His stomach was so torn up with ulcers, he could not eat anything but that. I would rather eat me some Cuban food any day and have any kind of money, right? So sufficiency 
is, is for a reason. Okay, so here we go. Let's talk about joyful passion. Turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 1. 2 Corinthians 8. And I know some of you have a phone. Some of you just trust the screen. That's fine. But let me just read a few verses from you about the givers of Macedonia. Paul said, in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this is how they did it. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Now, here's what I see about these precious people called the Macedonians. Number one, these people had joy. When they gave to the poor saints of Jerusalem who were in famine, they did it with a joy. God does not like people who are grudgingly or compulsively giving. God wants people that are hilariously giving. The Bible says God loves a what kind of a giver? Cheerful, hilarious. So that's got to be a joy. That's a passion that these people had. And the issue was this. They didn't have any money. He said out of their deep poverty, their abundance of joy was the grace of God. It takes joy when you don't have any money, but you are giving it to another person. That takes a supernatural joy. Can you say amen? Supernatural joy. Because a lot of us, we squeeze the nickel until the Indian rides the buffalo. I mean, we, we, we really, really do not like to give anything away. But the Macedonians, number one, had an abundance of joy in their giving. Number two, they called it a privilege to participate. The Macedonian people, Paul described, they begged, it says they begged Paul, begged him to let them participate. And Paul probably said, no, y'all don't have anything. Don't do anything. You don't have anything. And they said, yes, we do. You know, I was in Nigeria. Pastor Christian, I went to the, to the biggest church in Africa. And now it seats three million people. Their new building seats, I said it right, three million people. There's three million, three million chairs under a big open cathedral. You, you can't believe it. You've can, you never seen anything like it in your whole life. But a lot of those people have nothing. They come from the jungle. But you know what? They never come without firewood. They cut firewood and they bring it. All of those three million people tithe. And they even if they have no money, they tithe firewood. They bring it to the conferences. They begged for the privilege to participate. Don't count me out even though I don't have much. I can participate too, they said. And then thirdly, they had grace to give beyond their means. See, we could all say, well, how much can you afford? Well, okay, nothing. But if you say, well, I can afford to do this, a dollar or whatever, that's good. But that's not how they were. They said, I, this is what I can afford and I'm going to go beyond what I can afford. And then fourthly, they gave themselves first to the Lord. I learned one thing about a joyful giver is they don't just put money in an offering box. They put themselves in the offering box. 
My car, my house, my family, my children, my job, my future, my career. Lord, I'm all in. Come on, say I'm all in. That, that, that means they're, they're totally in. Lord, it's all here. Stewardship is about I don't own it. God owns it. He owns everything that I am, everything that I have, and I'm giving it back to him because he gave it to me. I heard about a man that bought his son a Happy Meal at McDonald's, some beautiful golden brown French fries. Three people just left to go get him some when I said that. And a big, a big, uh, you know, uh, oh, not a Whopper, but what do they call theirs? What is it? Big Mac. See, that's how long I've been in McDonald's. How long ago? And, 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 and so the dad was watching the little boy eat his Big Mac and fries and he leaned over and said, can I have one fry? And he picked up one fry and the little boy slapped his head and said, no, those are mine. He said, what do you mean, son? He said, I paid for all those French fries. I should be able to have one if I want it. Well, see, that's the way we are with God. God gives us everything. And when he says, hey, can I have one French fry? But see, that wasn't the Macedonians. They gave themselves to the Lord and then notice that they used Jesus giving as their example because it says, you know the grace of Jesus Christ in that though He was rich, for my sake He became poor. That I through His poverty might be made rich. That's my example. If the Lord Jesus Christ could leave the glories of heaven and come down and live in a stinky little stable in Nazareth or in Bethlehem and then lay a carpenter shop in Nazareth. Why, why would I want to receive and not give the way he sacrificially gave of himself? He's my example. So that's the Macedonian passion. That's the joyful passion. The second part of our definition was a sufficiency mentality. A sufficiency mentality. I've, I've got to have the right attitude, and that's the Macedonians, and then I've got to have the right mentality, sufficiency. Everybody say sufficiency. And here's the verse from 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 5. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, you may have plenty left over to share with others. Now here's it. This is so important. I love this. I love this. Why, why do we feel like that God doesn't have enough to help us? I'm going to give you a little quick testimony. I have an F-150 truck. And I love it. I bought it brand new. I changed the oil every time. Everything perfect. I had 100,000 miles. I'm ready to go another 100,000 miles. Well, the check engine light came on. My wife called me. I was on the road. I said, that's nothing. That's just a spark plug wire or something. Don't worry about it. I'll check it when I get home. I brought it to a mechanic. He came out. His face was kind of long. He said, bro, Larry, your seventh piston is not working. Bring it to the Ford dealer. I brought it to the Ford dealer. They said, that's going to be $4,100. You need a completely new head job and all that. I said, what? And I went back to my friend. I said, are they telling me the truth? He went and checked again. He said, I have worse news. The eighth piston's going out. we got to change the whole engine. From a brand new truck to me. And now they're telling me i got to change out the whole engine. I said, how much is that going to be, Neil? He says, it's going to be about $7,000, Brother Larry. I hate to tell you. Now, where am I going to get $7,000? So I just turned it over to the Lord. I said, Lord, you have all sufficiency. And I'm trusting in you. I don't know where to get that $7,000, but you do. 
And my wife said, why don't you call Geico? I said, call Geico? I don't have a, I didn't have an accident. Men, you should always listen to your wife. Come on, ladies, you missed a good place to say amen. And I called them. And you know what they told me? They said, you have mechanical breakdown insurance that replaces a whole engine, but said, how many miles you got? I said, 103,000. They said, I'm so sorry, but at 100,000 is where it's over. Of course. And the lady said, wait one minute. She gets off the phone and the Lord says, watch what I'm about to do. She comes back and she said, you know, we forgot to send you an email to tell you that you were close to a 100,000 and you were going to lose your coverage. And because we forgot to send you that email, we're obligated to go ahead and pay for that engine $7,000. Come on, somebody. And I, I dropped the phone and I began to run around the room. The Lord saved me $7,000. Come on. I said he has all sufficiency. And he loves you the same as he loves me. You say, well, I don't know if God has enough money to pay my utility bill. Do you know what he provided in the desert? Have you ever figured it up? Three million people. You know how much food it took for them every day? Manna, 54 boxcars full of food. That's a 40 foot. A boxcar is 40 foot long. It's from those stairs to those stairs. That's a, a boxcar full loaded with manna. 54 every day. A hundred boxcars of water on a train every day. Three million people every day for 40 years. That's a million boxcars of water in 40 years. 1.5 million. There's no way to even believe it. How about Elijah in the desert where the ravens brought him bread and meat from somebody's barbecue grill every day? I mean, they were out grilling in their backyard. They went to get the steak sauce. They came back. The steak was gone. A raven had taken it to Elijah. Come on now. And then the widow that provided him for months and months out of the oil. So much. God is so able. How about the feeding of the 5,000? The little boy with the five loaves and two fish. And he just gave it to the Lord. Five Popeye's biscuits. And two sardines. And they fed... 5,000 hungry men, not just hungry, hungry men, we say. 5,000 of them and their wives and children, 20,000 people. And there was 12 baskets left over, and not little baskets in Greek, it's the size of a man. 12 baskets filled. I'm telling you, our God is able. Come on, say, my God is able. I didn't hear you. Say, my God is able. He's able. We know he's able. And then it says to him, I will have all sufficiency. I laughed at a friend of mine. He's bald headed. I said, when did you lose your hair? How'd you get married? Such a beautiful lady. He said, I had it when I needed it. <laughs> How many of you know you'll have it when you need it? See, we don't, we, we say, well, I don't have what I need for this next year. We say, well, you're not at next year yet. You'll have it. When you need it, God will supply all your needs, Philippians 4.19, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I have all sufficiency. And let me come to the third thing. And I'm going to land the plane here. 
First of all, you got to have a joyful passion. You got to have an attitude that you're excited about the participation. That even if you have nothing, you want to get in on it. You want to get in on this blessing that God is doing. And then you look at the example of Jesus. You've got a joyful passion about it. And then secondly, you have a sufficiency mentality. I know God is able. I have to just interject these little testimonies. My son Jonathan is trying to buy a campus in New Orleans. And he found a building on Canal Street, the main drag. An old historical church that's been closed for eight years. And we had cash and we bought the building. $1.8 million. But he needs about $3 million more to remodel it. And he doesn't have it. And he just said, Lord, it's up to you. Last Sunday, he got word somebody dropped $650,000 in the offering plate. Come on, somebody say amen. That's right. Toward New Orleans. See, God is able. God, this is the Lord's work. And somebody's going to get blessed. It might as well be you. And here's the last one. Verse 8 of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, that you may abound in every good work as it is written. He's distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Oh my goodness. If we could just see heaven and what God has laid up for us. Those that love Him. Those that care about what He cares about. God doesn't care anything about possessions. He cares about people. The lady in the baptistry that got baptized this morning was in stage 4 cancer. And she's, she's well. And here she is giving her life to the Lord, being water baptized. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people. People. And by the way, we don't need buildings. We don't need buildings. Jesus never had a building. He, he, he couldn't even, the building couldn't even hold what he had. You could build a building, you couldn't even use it because his crowds were so big. But can I just tell you something? Thank God. Thank God for this piece of property right here in Kendall that you guys are just Making your way toward being debt free. And it won't probably won't happen tomorrow. We're not worried about that. We're in such good financial shape right now because of the for this cause. It has completely flipped this whole ministry on its head. Now we're starting to look outward. Where else can we plant a campus? Where else can we help people in need? Because this, this church is now so financially in such great shape. Y'all were a type three loan for a bank five years ago. I mean, they wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole. You're a type one. Now they're calling y'all to ask you to borrow more money. Come on, say amen. Because you're in such good financial stewardship. It's made the difference. I want to challenge all of you. To get yourself out of debt so that you can fulfill your purpose. You know, if you owe every penny that you make, there's just not a lot you can do. Because you've put yourself in such a, such debt. But make good decisions. And I've, I've talked to Pastor Christian about teaching you guys on stewardship. He's going to do that for two, three weeks for your sake, not for his. For your sake. 
that you could start finding the room that you want to be a blessing. How many of you would love to have more income to be a blessing to other people? Raise up your hand. That's my prayer. I want to be a blessing. I can plant a church for $3,500 and bless God. I want the Lord to bless me with it. I was in California last week in Carlsbad, California. A man there was in such debt. He and his wife were going under. He got the model man book. He read the book. And it talks about a whole chapter on finances. He followed what was taught there. And they just paid off all their debt. They got a $7,000 refund from something. They paid off all the rest of their debt. And they, to celebrate... They planted a church in South America, $3,500, and they get a report every month. That church is wanting souls every month. Come on, somebody said if you plant a tree, you'll eat the fruit of it the rest of your life. Man, I'm looking around at some people that have a purpose. You do. You can make a difference in this world. If you have a joyful attitude... If you don't have a joyful attitude, if you're as long as a Missouri mule eating sawbriars on a frosty morning somewhere, and everything is, well, just forget it. God doesn't want it anyway from you. But if you got joy and happiness, and then you have an abundance mentality, look, God, if I give $10, God can pull back $100. If I, God is so abundant, and then you thirdly, you say, Lord, what is my Particular purpose. I love what Robert Mars says. He says there's three levels of participation to fulfill your purpose. Number one is tithe. Everybody ought to tithe. You say, well, I don't have 10% to tithe. Oh, really? Do you have 18% to give to MasterCard or Visa? That's what you pay when you put something on a credit card. You pay 18% interest. People don't even care. They smile when they write that check to MasterCard for 18%. Well, let me tell you something. I'd much rather give God His 10% and not have to give MasterCard their 18%. Come on, say amen. And so when you get debt free and you start getting out of debt and you don't have to pay 18% to them, tithing is removing the curse from us. Praise God. Secondly, Robert Morris mentioned it's offering. It's above, above and beyond gift. I always give an offering above my tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It's already His. He blessed me. He bought the French fries. If He wants one of the French fries, He can have ten if He wants them. Or twenty because He gave it all to me. And then I give an offering to the Lord. But here's the last one is extravagant giving. Extravagant giving. You know, last year, a lady in our church sold a business. She inherited a business. And she passes out the connect cards out in the lobby. She's a dream team lady in one of our campuses. And she was out there passing out. And she sent a note to my son on the front row to please be looking in the offering box. There's a large check there for uh, Bethany. Do you know when they found that check? Do you know what that lady that was passing out Dream Team uh, cards, you know what she put in the offering? $1.5 million. The tithe on a building, uh, rather on a business she inherited. Are you breathing? I'm just checking on you. That's extravagant. That, that, 
You know, like that lady that poured the oil on Jesus' head was the perfume. That perfume was worth one year's salary. How much do you make? 30,000, 40,000, 50,000? That's how much she went glug, 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 glug on the head of Jesus Christ. Extravagant. Close your eyes with me. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about the stewardship that makes us prosperous, joyful, joyful attitude. Abundance mentality and fixed purpose. I have a purpose. If you're in here this morning and you say, you know, I think I'm missing that purpose in my life. You're going through struggles and storms and trials and difficulties. And the devil is eating up all of your business and all of your finances and all of your health and all of your emotional well-being. You don't prosper in your life. And you want to make a difference in 2020. You want to change directions. I'm going to look around this room. And I don't know who wants that prayer. But if there's sin in your heart, you don't know if you're going to heaven. You're not sure if you died that you would go to heaven. And you want to change that now. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. But if that's you and you'd like to be included in this prayer, I'm about to pray. Here's what I want you to do. Without hesitation, I want you to slip up your hand right in your seat and say, include me in that prayer. That's right. Okay. I see your hand, brother. I see your hand right here. I see your hand over there. Little one. I see you three or four of you sitting together. All of you with your hands raised. I want my life to change today. You can put your hands down. Everybody pray this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you today. For your unspeakable gift. Your extravagant gift. Jesus Christ your son. Who died on the cross in my place. Bless my my business. Bless my family. Bless my health. Bless my emotions. And bless my finances. That I might be able to be a blessing. And do a mighty work for you. Now I want you to stand with your hands raised. Would you do that? I'm going to turn this back over to Pastor Christian. But I like to pray. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. I'd like to pray a blessing over you for 2020. If you'd like that blessing, close your eyes and just reach your hands as wide as you want the blessing to be. Just reach your hands out. The Spirit of God is here. Now, Father God, I want to thank you for that video we saw of people that participated three years ago and made such a massive difference that this church is now completely able to be so blessed in every way. I ask you to bless those that participated, those that were not even around. I I thank you that they're here. But I'm asking you now, Lord, that 2020 would become a year of prosperity, abundant physical prosperity in their bodies. Be healed. By his stripes you were healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And then material prosperity upon your business and your finances and your and every part of your material blessings. And then I pray for emotional prosperity, a purpose in your life, something bigger than yourself, something more important to make a difference than even money itself. I speak a blessing over you in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that. Come on, clap your hands. Let's give God praise for it today.